from the common cold right through to the flu. It is something most people are faced with many times over in their life. And all of us could do with less coughing, sore throat, runny nose, body aches, fatigue in our lives. Now our gut microbiota plays an important part in our immune system. So scientists for some years have looked at how changing our gut microbiota could influence respiratory tract infections. In this podcast, I'll look at the current state of play for the role of supplemental probiotics, prebiotics and symbiotics in tackling acute respiratory tract infections. Respiratory tract infections, defined as illnesses that arise from infections of the sinuses, throat, airways and lungs, are common and are a leading cause of ill health and death globally. The main cause of acute respiratory tract infections are viruses, which here include the rhinovirus, the coronavirus family, which can cause the common cold right through to COVID, and of course, the influenza virus. The classic symptoms of a respiratory tract infection include coughing, sore throat, nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing and fever. But in some cases, infections can become life-threatening, especially in people with an underlying health condition or a weakened immune system. Now think about the world's yearly death toll just from influenza alone. Certainly, good nutrition is important for good health and with that supporting a robust immune system that can help fight off invading pathogens. And I've already devoted a whole podcast episode to the role of certain micronutrients in preventing and treating respiratory tract infections. So you can go back to episode 62 titled, Can Micronutrient Supplements Prevent or Treat Respiratory Tract Infections? to get the full details. But here's the summary of that podcast. Vitamin C supplementation shows a small but significant effect on reducing the risk of developing respiratory tract infections by about 4%. The duration of symptoms can also be cut by 9%. And then there is vitamin D, which can reduce the risk of developing an infection, but by only a tiny 3%, with the duration of the infection reduced by 6%. But the news on zinc is that it can considerably reduce the duration of respiratory infections by almost half. And the effect of zinc on reducing the duration of symptoms is the standout finding when it comes to specific nutrients helping to treat respiratory tract infections. But as for reducing the risk of infection in the first place, none of the nutrients seem to be standout choices that you would recommend a person to take long term for a tiny theoretical benefit of reducing the odds of developing an illness in the first place. So this is a nice example of where statistical significance does not equate to clinical significance. So unless you've been living under a rock, you'd also know that the gut microbiome is a major player in our health and the functioning of our immune system. So this is now being looked at for how modulating the gut ecosystem could influence the course of respiratory tract infections. And here we have not only probiotics and prebiotics, but also symbiotics, which are a combination of the two together. And all of this together could be a useful way for the prevention and or the treatment of respiratory tract infections. So let's jump straight into the evidence base. And for that, we have a recently published systematic review and meta-analyses. 
39 randomized controlled trials were included and each examined the effect of supplementation with probiotics, prebiotics, or symbiotics versus a placebo on the incidence, duration, and severity of respiratory tract infections in over 9,000 men and women up to the age of 65 years across all major areas of the globe. And the mix of trials included people with no health conditions, adults who were physically active, and adults with defined chronic health conditions. Not surprisingly, most of the trials used probiotics as the intervention agent. And these were mostly delivered as single strains of bifidobacterium, lactobacillus, or enterococcus, or as multi-strain products. For trials that used prebiotics, the agents were galacto-oligosaccharides, oat-beta-glucans, or xylo-oligosaccharides. Studies with symbiotics used single-strain or multi-strain probiotics containing bifidobacterium and or lactobacillus combined with galacto-oligosaccharides, fructo-oligosaccharides, or xylo-oligosaccharides. So if you don't know anything about these probiotics, these are non-digestible components found in many plant foods, particularly grains. Um, and if you just look for these on an ingredient list, particularly of a prebiotic, it will actually list these. One of the most common ones are fructans, which is inulin. So back to the meta-analyses that I'm profiling today. So within those 39 studies, the duration range from three to 52 weeks, where people were given the probiotic or the prebiotic or the symbiotic or the placebo. And I'll link to the review in the show notes. So let's get into it. What did the review find? For probiotics, they could show a small beneficial effect on the incidence, duration, and severity of respiratory tract infections. And this translated to a 9% lower risk of developing an infection in the first place, and about a day less of suffering from the infection. And that's nothing to sneeze at. And if anything, these benefits are in the lower range for what has been reported in previous meta-analyses on the topic, which have ranged from an 11 to 47% reduction in the risk of experiencing at least one respiratory tract infection, and a 0.8 to 2.7 day reduction in the duration of the infection. So that's roughly one to three days less time that you're actually suffering from the infection in the first place. And the effect of probiotics were fairly consistent across different strains, doses, and duration of taking the probiotic. So there could be a general benefit for a range of probiotics here. And interestingly, the reduction in the duration of the infection seemed to be larger when fermented dairy was the source of the probiotic. And this could be because of the fermentation process itself, which can increase the bioavailability of immunoenhancing nutrients in milk, as well as metabolized nutrients in milk, resulting in the production of a variety of compounds with immunoenhancing properties. Supplementation with symbiotics in the clinical trials had a small beneficial effect on the incidence and duration of respiratory tract infections. But for prebiotics alone, it was hard to draw any conclusions with only three studies that could be analyzed in the review. Now, there was considerable variation in many of the analyses, with many trials having a potential or high risk of bias. But 
because the findings were relatively consistent across the different interventions, formulations, doses, and durations of probiotics, then it gives greater substance to the validity of the results. Now, one caveat is that the benefit of probiotics was not seen in very physically active participants. This could be because exercise itself is known to have a beneficial effect on the gut microbiota as well as immune function. So taking probiotics may not add much benefit here. And of course, people who keep physically active tend to adopt many other positive health behaviours that can reduce their risk of respiratory tract infections. So let's wrap all this up. Taken together, the available evidence suggests that supplementation with probiotics, especially in the form of fermented dairy, may have a small beneficial effect on reducing the burden of respiratory tract infections in physically inactive adults. If you're pretty active and healthy to start with, then a probiotic supplement may not give you as much of a benefit outside of an insurance policy just in case. But there is merit to considering that because colds and flus kind of suck. So that's it for today's show. You can find the show notes either in the app you're listening to this podcast on if it supports it, or else head over to my webpage at thinkingnutrition.com.au and click on the podcast section to find this episode to read the show notes. If you find this podcast of value, then please consider sharing it with your friends and colleagues, or maybe even leave a review. This all helps increase the ranking and reach of the podcast, which means a big win for credible, evidence-based nutrition messages while helping to dilute out the crazy and making the world a slightly less confusing place. I'm Tim Crow, and you've been listening to Thinking Nutrition.